Glad you could join us for episode 146 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we discuss Yo. Michelle Lavretta's supernatural drama, Lost Girl, starring Anna Silk, Chris Holden-Reed, Rachel Scarson, and I was surprised just a little bit of Zoe Palmer tonight. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Just a little tiny bit. Yeah. And tonight we're here to discuss episode 15 of season five, titled Let Them Burn, but as always, before we get to that, Wayne and I want to remind you that we'd love to hear from you via email, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab. You can record your own audio clip and send the MP3 as an attachment or send us a tweet at sci-fi TV rewatch. And we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussion there. And you can watch Wayne try to defend himself uh, <laughs> against allegations that he forgot a star from The Walking Dead. Well, yeah, I'm 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 being taken to task and and rightfully so. I well, should know. I should know that. I don't I don't know why. I I honestly I think about it like I don't understand why I don't know any of the cast members of The Walking Dead. Well, you, you know? got to be honest. I mean, we try to keep up with a lot of shows. I I'm here defending you, dude. <laughs> um, and, and Ruthie uh brought brought up the fact that that we didn't know, and I guess that's what she's saying. Not that we didn't choose her to win the award, just that we didn't know what character she played in The Walking Dead. Yeah, which, but I mean, it comes down to that I do like The Walking Dead and have been watching it for a long time, but yet don't know really the names of any of the people in the cast at all. Oh, Melissa McBride is Carol, and I probably said she was. I said I said she was Maggie, and I probably just said that because she's like English. <laughs> it just sounded like an English name. It's not an English name. I know it's like an Irish or Scottish name, but you know, like I'm just digging a bigger hole for myself. The point is, and here's what I, I think honestly, is that The Walking Dead. A, I usually like just skip the credits because I'm watching my DVR, and I've seen the opening sequence a zillion times, so I just skip over it. And I think. I I don't know. There's just there's really no excuse for it. But I don't know. well, he, actually, here's my excuse. There's a lot of people on that show. That's there's my excuse. That that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna rescue you here. If you are a Walking Dead fan, and I obviously I know a lot of you are, uh, Ruthie co-hosts a great Walking Dead podcast on Golden Spiral Media. Walking Dead talk through. I think is what it's called. Yeah, Golden Spiral Media, and you'll you'll find it there. But as I've said many times, I'm just not a zombie guy, so I'm not up to date with either of the Walking Dead shows. But we're not here to talk about the Walking Dead. We are here to talk about the penultimate episode of season five, episode fifteen, "Let Them Burn," written by Sandra Chulkowska. Directed by Marzi Almas, and this one aired originally October 18th, 2015 on Showcase in Canada, and then of course March 14th, 2016, Sci-Fi US. And yeah, I gotta say, you know, as I was saying in the intro, I'm a little surprised that we didn't see more Lauren. I mean, really, we just saw her in the two fire scenes, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember her in anything else, and really, just kind of. I think she had like one line just almost in passing. So uh, I found that odd, I got to say. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there that maybe she was starting filming for uh, Dark Matter again. You know what? I was thinking the same thing. And 
Because, yeah, otherwise, like, I mean, it's not like they've been cutting back on their role this season, right? Right. Now, speaking of, you know, being away from one show to film another, uh, there's been quite a firestorm if you're a fan of The 100, which uh, is on the CW, and, and obviously both Wayne and I are huge fans of that show. Uh, there's been a bit of controversy relating the death of a character, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that in case you're behind or whatever. But uh, I'm going to put a link into the show notes that I think would would certainly be apropos for any fan of Lost Girl. I've already posted it in the Facebook group, so you can certainly go there and find it. It appeared on a website called Blaster, which actually I believe is an arm of Sci-Fi Network. So I, I you know, think most of the articles there are geared towards sci-fi properties, but uh, they do cover other stuff for sure. So it's definitely worth checking out so you can find that there. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. All right. So uh, this episode, we this one and one more. W- one thing that struck me, I thought the CGI effects were pretty cool. We don't see a lot of special effects in Lost Girl, which kind of on the one hand is surprising. I mean, certainly we see dyson's shifting but outside of that we don't see a whole lot but we really haven't seen that a lot right? no not in a long time yeah yeah and, and well, maybe uh, you know they got to the second last show and like man we got we haven't really spent much money on the cgi why don't we go out and spend some of this cash right yeah so the fire scenes they were pretty intense i gotta say that i think they did a good job it looked real and yeah, then it definitely and, did Yep. And then, of course, the fire horse there uh, out yeah, at the was ranch yeah. was uh, was pretty darn cool. So, yeah. And then her eyes turned blue at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot to talk about in this one as as we get to the final. And I, I guess on the one hand, is it good that we still have no idea how this is going to end with only one to go? Uh, I'm pretty sure how it's going to end. Okay. All right, you want to throw it out there now, or? Well, I I think you know, Bo victorious, Jack not, Tamson dead, Bo adopting the baby or taking on the baby. Lauren Dyson Kenzie uh, die in the fire. Yeah, yeah. I, I, no, they're gonna they're, come on. I don't even understand why I'm people kidding. end shows like that. It's just like I know they're gonna get out. So why don't you just take us there and, you know, like, oh, but you're going to build suspense for next week, but not, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I uh, yeah, I like it, but, but yeah, I mean, what you say, why do some writers choose to do those kinds of things? Uh, yeah, I think sometimes they just want to put a certain element of finality to a show and that don't ask us to come back. I mean, it's like, look, we've talked many times about Firefly and, and the, the groundswell to bring the show back but look a couple of the characters are dead i mean how do we bring them back or, or uh, do we not you know? alternate universe reboot yeah well there's all yeah, kinds of well, ways could, never say never sure. right earth two right all right well episode 15 could eric roberts jack get any creepier than he is in this episode yeah i, mean, I don't i don't think so except uh, those horses I'm, they were creepy Oh, well, I mean, the whole thing with the cage, the bassinet, and and, and the toys, but uh, I I don't know if you ever saw, I mean, this is a long time ago, you were probably still in elementary school when I first started teaching, the D.H. Lawrence short story, The Rocking Horse Winner, and and there's like a 30-minute film, at least the, the, 
the version that that we had access to and i i just see the that rocking horse there and it just takes me back to that and and while there's not really a thematic connection other than the just infinite creepiness um i couldn't i couldn't just get that out of my head so but speaking of jack and tamson i mean has there been a character in this show that's that's endured as much trauma both emotional and physical as tamson i mean she's been raped impregnated and now her wings clipped yeah wow and And she got dumped by bo twice now yeah and 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 gosh and that's probably the least of her worries and now you wonder whether she knows about the fate of the pregnant valkyrie um didn't jack tell her in kind of like a loudish voice yeah i guess he did right because he but he did say a little known fact so now she knows and then then there at the end when she's just pleading with uh with Bo, yeah. you know to uh Bo, why won't you help me uh you know yeah. just just uh i don't know you know i, I you know obviously i, I like rachel scarston a lot but I, I just you feel so horrible for her and, and yeah you really you know, do yeah, and I think she did a great job in, yeah. in this episode. You know, because we've seen her through so much of the show as this wisecracking smartass that, that again, we love, you know, sort of like Kenzie, but just a lot edgier than Kenzie. And now to see her like right. this. Yeah, yeah. It's a big change. You know, and, and of course, I'm, I realize how that sounded, edgier than Kenzie. That's difficult That's to do, edgy. but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, I got you. Um Okay, so do we accept that Bo has joined her father? I don't know. I feel like I got hit by a ball coming out of left field. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Um, this. I mean, I'm sure this is all going to be revealed as part of Bo's grand plan, but her plan so far seems to me to be not very good. Well, it, yeah, that's the thing. Okay, so if she's not really joining her father, what's her play? And, and we certainly know that she generally acts first, and thinks second sure. uh so we're wondering you know you mentioned her plan doesn't seem very good well i'm not sure we really have an idea what it is and if i'm not sure the writers know what it is well <laughs> they better figure it out quickly <laughs> uh if yes what's his play what what's he planning to do with her because you know he's he's letting on that hey i'm past you honey you know you you didn't do for me what i needed you to do so you know i got a baby and i am anything but patient or i am anything if not patient right so but yeah he gives her the throne though yeah he does well that was that was a pretty awesome way to get out of this episode and into the the finale next week um how does tamson's child play into this situation you mentioned you you know you think Bo is going to end up raising tamson's child Uh, obviously i i we know that Jack's not going to end up with the baby. Right. Well, Jack is, is you know, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be defeated in the end. Hats off to the writers if they end up going the other way and, like, you know, end up having, like, Dyson and Bo and everyone gets killed and Jack's victorious. The Lord of Darkness is won over everyone. That's, yeah, or, or what if it's That would be just, a pretty ballsy way to end it, but I just I'm, don't think they're going there. Well, what if it's simply a draw? You know, that he goes back to Hades and, you know, everybody lives to fight another day and that's how it ends. Now, I, I think on the one hand, that would be pretty unsatisfying. 
On the other hand, it does leave things open if they ever wanted to revisit these characters. Right. Well, I think he's, I don't, I don't think they're going to kill him. I think they're going to, you know, send him back to Tartarus, right? That was, yeah, that was where he was before. Right. Um, but if, but if he came here once, why can't he come again? I mean, I exactly. Guess it depends right. On- so that way he is defeated, uh, according to their original plan, but yet there's a possibility of him coming back, which won't ever happen but you know it'll give the fans something to write about for the next 15 years <laughs> right. right now i'm I, looking at you firefly well yeah yeah don't even get me started you know as much right. as i love the show i got yeah i, I almost need to to uh, unsubscribe from the group yeah. uh anyway as much as i love tamson's character i don't know how they get out of this unless it's some deus ex machina which would disappoint me greatly and, you know, it's funny. I asked my students today about a character in Fahrenheit 451. You know, does she have to die? Right. And, of course, they didn't quite understand where I was headed with this. But to, to further the plot, does her death, you know, lead to other characters and, and their actions? And, right. and I wonder about Tamsin. It's, uh, you know, she Are you has- seriously trying to avoid spoiling Fahrenheit 451? Well, I didn't mention who. I know. But I'm like, you could probably just put it out there like the people listen to us have probably either read it or not right well but yeah it was sure and, and and it's one of the kids like uh you know mentioned oh i wonder i wonder if his wife ran her over with the car yeah and then i said ah it's just like in great gatsby oh spoiler uh but you'll forget by 11th yeah. grade they'll forget by the five minutes later <laughs> right <laughs> um all right now you said you is hate too strong a word? Dyson's speech there at the end at the doll. I mean, yeah, I'm not a hater, so hate is too strong a word. Okay, but uh, had a extreme distaste for. Well, that whole scene with first with 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 him and Chris, uh, uh, Mark. Sorry, where did Chris come from? I don't know. First with him and Mark, and then with all you know the bickering Faye, and then his call for unity speech there just uh like none of it struck true with me at all you know yeah i I mean i know what you mean Uh, on the other hand i i I like the fact that mark had to really push his father who he's still really getting to know into standing up and at least temporarily filling the void left by trick's death and Dyson has always been a follower. He has always been a lieutenant. What's to say he wouldn't make just as good a leader? And and I think that's what I like about this this uh, scene. And you know his relationship with Vex kind of subtly parallels that of Bo and Lauren, and you know uh, Mark that is, and his insistence right. that, that Dyson reconsider his prejudices. You know, I I think is what leaders are made of and and i'm talking about mark now so you know is he not not that he's ready now but is he the next generation light fay leader although as he says there you go (laughs) i love it (laughs) well done but then he says you know i'm not going to choose bo didn't yeah yeah i I thought i was going to say yeah but bo's hot well (laughs) there is that (laughs) 
<laughs> so she can do whatever she wants. I want her to kill you, and it's not just because of your porcelain skin. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, good to see Ebony for sure. And then you know, it's funny. I had in my notes initially. What is it that Kenzie sees in the burning clubhouse that makes her think yeah. Jack did this? And and I I must have looked at that scene a couple times because she she's looking at something up up on the wall, yeah. and then again on the rewatch, like. Uh, actually my my second rewatch i realized what it was it was it was where the smoke alarm had been right that when oh. she like is burning something in the microwave and she pulls it down now i'm not sure still how that yeah ties into that jack did it but right at least I have an answer of what she what it was she was looking well, at. Well, because when you, you know, spray gas over the whole house and set it on fire, you don't want any smoke alarms alerting people to the potential fire that might be started then. Exactly. And so, did they not walk in and say, wow, does something totally smell like gas, like everywhere to you? Well, you would think. How about the gas smell as they're walking up to the house? Yeah. You, All yeah. right. I stop. I keep doing this tape. I keep doing. It. I say. I, I keep telling. Them I'll stop. And I just don't stop. I don't know why. Well, and that's again. That's been a, been a, a source of frustration. I think for you know not only us but but certainly a lot of fans as well is that that there are a lot of plot holes. And you know, as we were talking before we went on the air tonight, they had sixteen episodes. They knew they had the full season, and. There's almost no excuse. Look, I get how difficult it is to write a show on a week-to-week basis where there are these overarching storylines that you've got to deal with, and and I get that. But I don't know. Some things just seem so obvious, you know? Yeah. Right. Again, like we should temper our criticism with it's high pressure, high stress. And I did enjoy the episode. You know, but yeah, I, I did too. But there, like you know, I'm kind of going back to what I said before. There are things this season that get in the way, right? Like Coleridge talked about that willing suspension of disbelief, and that's integral, right? As soon as sure. you lose that, then I turn from someone who is watching the story and involved with it and really caring about it to someone who's now I'm outside. I've been kicked out of the story, and I can just all I can do is sit back and nitpick and think about all the the things that I don't like about it, you know? Yeah. So like, I don't entirely blame myself. Like I got to put some of this blame on the show for putting things in there that, that take me out of the story that interrupt my willing suspension of disbelief that make it so ludicrous. that I can no longer suspend my disbelief, you know? Yeah, no, I I totally, I'm trying, I'm trying, I am working with, I'm trying, but we only have to try one more week. Right. So, all right. Well, the opening scene, I, I, I thought was really well done. I, I love cold opens, although in this case, I guess we could say it was yeah, a hot not, open. Not so cold. <laughs> Dyson, Mark, Lauren, and Kenzie are inside the burning clubhouse. Kenzie concludes that Jack set the fire, and they fear Bo is somewhere inside, unable to save herself, because at this point, we don't really know exactly what's going on. Outside, we see a line of fire leading from the house, and Bo standing nearby holding the gas can and we're like wtf yeah right now of course at the end when we we see that scene extended out a little bit and the camera pulls back and we realize that jack's with her we understand a little bit more but but still not totally 
what in her plan involves like at first i thought she was doing because she wanted them to think that she was dead you know but then like then they why do they why do they need to die why did she lock them in so that they are potentially going to burn to death like well that I guess, well i guess that was jack's requirement first you've got to do something for me he tells her and i we assume he said you got to kill your friends I mean, I, I think that's the only right. thing that makes sense, and and she sure. agrees to do it. Which, I, I again, we don't know what her plan is, but he's standing with her. The house is in flames. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how she thinks they're going to get out unless she just figures uh, Dyson will figure something out and get. Or them out. we'll see at the very beginning of next episode. There's some way that she's created for them to escape. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, of course, Dyson's so busy, you know, trying to keep those two beams from yeah. falling down. Yeah, so. yeah. But, uh, all right, so the A story really centers and, and around. Honestly, if that those beams were holding the whole house up, I imagine the whole house would be falling down by that point. Even, is they're not, it's not really supporting anything as even, it's broken in half, right? E- even before the fire started, it's amazing that house hasn't fallen down. Right. <laughs> yeah, good point. All right, so we get the A story, Bo and Kenzie tracking down the midwife, and we'll get to get to that in a second. And we get the situation. We're told this is 24 hours earlier, and we see Kenzie and Bo at the crack shack planning their next move. And Bo's, you know, looking at these drawings and paintings, and obviously there she's fixated on finding the Pyrrhus. Hades hell horse but but the problem at this point she doesn't have any idea nor do we how this Pyrrhus this hell horse figures into anything related to sending Jack back to Hades and I'm still not sure it does you know there's there's just all kinds of things going on that are kind of like unexplained and let's just roll with it though Dave right yeah no more criticism well, from this kid let's go well, okay so well <laughs> uh, then I probably shouldn't say this next plot point but I will anyway so Kenzie goes upstairs to find Tamsin instead finds Vex on the floor his throat slit however Jack apparently is just one one and one as far as throat slitting goes because vex is alive he can't talk he, now this week maybe the writers were listening to your criticism that you know the vocal cords would be cut and uh how how would trick actually be able to be talking but uh kenzie applies pressure lauren comes to the rescue and vex is alive although he's um, forced to communicate via a whiteboard yeah and his handwriting's really bad because I didn't know it. I had to rewind like three times to figure out. Well, I never figured out that it said midwife. Really? Yeah, it looked like Mio wife. <laughs> At first, I thought he was trying to write my wife. I'm like, what the hell is he writing? And then like the next scene, they said the midwife. I'm like, oh, that was what he's trying to write. Okay, but regardless, we, we come back to the fact that Tamsin is gone, the window's open, and... They put two and two together, as we did last week, that Jack must have her. Dyson wants to rescue her, but Bo's, like, finally, I guess, thinking about the, the actual situation and realizes we've tried that before. He's way more powerful than we are. We've got to figure out a better way. And then through all of this negativity, Vex 
we see now his mesmer works because he tries to get Lauren to give him more morphine. Right. So so we even get Vex. It doesn't work that well. Uh, you it, know? it doesn't. And like, here's the guy who made a guy shove his own hand down a garbage disposal, and he can't even get Lauren now to crank up his morphine a little bit. Well, and, and you know, and, and we've talked about the fact that, that he has been emasculated in the show, and it got me yeah. to thinking, that especially the scene with Ebony at her, uh, her little luncheon, is there a female equivalent of emasculation? And I, I wasn't able to find one. But, I mean, the same thing. Yeah. They've both been stripped of their power. Right. And but she was more Ebony-ish, despite not having, like, literal power. She was had the swagger back a little bit, you know? Well, she was, and... Better know, than that last one when she was like, oh, we're such good friends now, and that crap, you know, like... At least now she had a little bit nasty back in her. Well, that's true. All right. So uh, now, now Kenzie produces the horseshoe and Bo concludes that it might be able to control the Pyrapus, which, you know, given the context, it seems to make some sense. For once, she insists they come up with a plan first. And Lauren asks, well, who was there at your birth? And Vex writes, you know, as you just mentioned a minute or so ago, midwife alive. Ask Evany. Okay, we're thinking like, okay, is this going to be a big or plot? Or Mia wife alive. Well, right. Is this going to be a big Ebony. plot hole? But it turns out to be one of those things that I guess it's really not. Uh, you know, we'll get there in a second. So Bo and Kenzie go to Ebony's new mansion. She's hosting this fundraiser and one of her better lines. And and I guess well, on that one hand, one thing I do really like as the, you know, for the final eight episodes or at least the final four or five is, is they've gotten away from the silliness and, and, you know, the, her line that, you know, this being humans, a riot the committee has more drama than a dark Fay blood feud, which you know, that's the kind of clever line I like. Right. You know, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's a little bit, a girl is back a little bit here, you know? Yeah. But she's not feared anymore, you know? True. And, and, and I think with but that's, both, you know, it's almost better. Well, not better. Because when she was like really in power is when she was just really laying it out there. But still, for her to have the attitude still, despite not having the physical power, despite, you know, she's still not cowed, right? She's still not going to give in or or be subservient to anyone. Well, that is true. That's a good point. Unlike Vex, who now that they've reduced it, like, it's it's unbelievable. Like every week or every, every time they see him, they give him a like a lesser role, I guess, or or like he's even worse than before. So like all he had left now was like the the, the snappy lines and the ability to talk. Yeah, though as we've said before, it's been reduced lately to just penis jokes. Right. But now he doesn't even have that. Right. So but he does have his mesmer back. So again, kind of. Kind of. All right. So uh, they go to see Ebony and, you know, she even mentions to them, she's a lot more relaxed now about telling dark face secrets. Right, I just got to do this. Ebony and Ivory. Sorry. Wow. It was just, that, it was that, just, that. it was bursting to get out. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we find out that Trick saved the midwife from execution years ago. Yeah, we knew that. Yeah. Right? Well, but, you Did know, we knew we, she was the midwife. I don't think we did. I couldn't remember. I don't, I'm oh. not sure. We did. I remember Trick breaking her out. 
Uh, because they did, they thought they lethally injected her, right? But like Trick like snuck her out the back. And... Right. But I don't think we knew she was the midwife. I okay. could be wrong. But what we do, I think, forget is that the reason she was in prison was for killing her family. That I didn't forget. I remembered that. Because that was, that was a really good episode. Right. And who really... Uh, and that's what her. we learned about, because that's like the first one we got some reveals about like Bo's origin. Right. I, I mean, you know, uh, Vex goes all kill grave on her, right? Yes. So that that's, you know, so so then, you know, kind of come in full that's circle right. here. Vex made her do that. Yeah. See, God, he's, he's just badass, man. And now right. he's like just lamely in the hospital. His throat's cut. He's, Mesmer hardly works. He can't get morphine. Just, ah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I support him killing her family and stuff. You know, I'm just saying we used to really fear Vax. You know, right, right. I mean, as, as soon as that was coming out of your mouth, I was thinking that same thing you said. But I, I, I feel the same way. So Kenzie and Bo drive out to the ranch that Ebony has, and Ebony and Ivory live together. Sorry, man. You just you say it. It just it. It's like still in my head. Like okay, that well, song. Like literally, cannot escape my brain. Right, it's going to well, be days. Okay, just save save your breath a second because I'm going to set you up for another one. So <laughs> I won't uh, say it again. I'll, I'll hold Ken- it in this time. No, no, no. A different song. So oh, okay. Kenzie and Bo are. You know, they're at the ranch. They're walking across a field. Six white horses run up to Bo. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not no, biting on that. One. Not going there. Okay. Yeah. They're happy to see you, a woman tells Bo, and lo and behold, turns out to be Luann Heidegger. Oh, no, no. She'll be riding six white horses. Yeah, but they said it in the line there, right? No, so I understand. Okay, yeah. but yeah. And those horses were creepy. Right? Give you the, uh, they were creepy. And, yeah. and again, I, I, I wonder whether it was CGI or whether they actually did get six horses, although they're up in Canada, so they're, sure. you know, there's, there's loads of, of horses up there. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Um, you ever see, uh, I can't remember, what, maybe it's Pet Cemetery. I think there's like this, it might not have been, but there is like this scene where a person's like driving home and then, or was it a TV show? And like, there's just all kind of, like, like the, they get attacked by a deer. It's a bunch of deer like blocking the, the road and then like the deer attack the car and everything. I like it's just it. like the, the not scariest scene in ever in a horror movie. Like yeah. it just, like it's, it's hard to really get scared of deer, but these horses did seem really creepy, though. So. They yeah, they did not not quite with like uh, the killer rabbit, but all right. So uh, <laughs> look at the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So saddle up. We're going for a ride. Bo's riding a horse that was owned by King Arthur. Yeah. Kenzie's riding Otis. Turns out to be a right. rescued unicorn from Scotland, last right. of his kind. Who farts a lot. Yeah, it does. But uh, once she found out it was a unicorn, she was pretty cool with that. But we find out that Luann is taking Bo to this wild stallion that everybody assumes is the Pyrapus. Right. And uh, and I don't know if they went with this one, but like Wild Stallions was the name of Bill and Ted's uh, band. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't remember that? I don't. I mean, I saw the movie, but I don't remember that. Right. Did you see uh, part two? Um, I don't think so. Not quite as good. I did actually bring up uh, Bill and Ted in class today because oh, yeah? one of the vocabulary words was heinous. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's just like, you know, sure. like stares. Bill and Ted. <laughs> what? All right. Uh, that movie holds up, by the way. The yeah. First one. We, I showed it to the kids. Uh, we should, we watched it with the kids last summer and um, 
and and they thought it was hilarious. So definitely holds up. All right, cool. Well, one of the things that we find out about Luann, and and you know, certainly not heartbreaking in the way that that we see Tamson in this episode, but she even mentions that she thinks about her family every day, and she's got to live with the fact that she killed them even though she can probably intellectualize that it sure. was vex that made her do it but still that that only makes it marginally easier right and and as she says this was meant to be a prison you know being out at this ranch but it saved me and she talks about you know being able to love something that then will love you back so you know right. really touching scene i thought it, yeah, it was nice and she looked good too like, i don't remember like thinking that she was like attractive back in the original episode probably because she was just like wearing like prison garb and stuff you know yeah yeah she looked Um, good well we finally get to the corral holding the fire breathing horse that Bo recognizes as the Pyrapus and and again some more cool cgi and we find out from luann that the one who breaks the horse is the one to whom he'll give his loyalty and servitude and and Bo of course makes that connection between what jack's trying to do with her which Okay, you know, I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. And and her walking into the corral right up to the horse and still she like us we're trying to figure out okay, so how does this horseshoe figure into all of it and yeah, you know, and how does this horse not get out of that pen? Yeah, well, you know, she holds it up and it, it apparently at least protects her from the flame or at right. least it, it seems well, to. Well, that 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 I'll buy, but a horse just that can breathe fire yeah that doesn't escape like really right but then she tries you know to not put the shoe on but she holds the the horseshoe right down to the horse and it's clearly too big no, no. and it's too big she, for her foot too i don't know where she gets the, <laughs> that she's the pierpus yeah uh now and she's are you sure you're looking for a horse and comes to the conclusion that she Bo, is the pierpus and yeah. decides her only course of action is to surrender to Jack. But we're, we're thinking like, okay, fine. To what end are you really going to, I mean, and it seems as if that's what she's planning to do. Surrender to Jack. And I, I don't know. I mean, is it one of these deals where I'm not going to tell you what my real plan is so that if you're tortured, you can't give it up. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what I mean? It's, it's right, right, right. Hey, I, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm holding back, man. Okay. All right. I so told she, you, I promised I'd be a good boy. So, all right. So Bo goes to the penthouse, uh, to confront Jack and she appears to be like entirely submissive, tries to get him to take her instead of Tamsin. But you know, as I said, uh, at the top of the show, he's not interested anymore. Uh, he's on plan B, B for baby. Yeah. That, was not a great line this no but you know he certainly thinks bo's putting on an act even sure. though she seems sincere he's still skeptical no, she doesn't seem sincere at all well i don't know i i thought she seemed sincere i i, I don't know what her play is no, you know, I, that's I, 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 I think he's probably i mean he's got to realize that you know she's got like you know something she's trying to pull here he might be just like whatever try it's it's fine you know like you're not going to beat me so you can we can play this out you know just i guess he's maybe that overconfident which obviously would then be his weak spot that he could just let this go despite knowing that clearly she's you know trying to play him it's like all right let's let's ride this out for as long as we can let's see what you'll do 
Right. Well, How she about goes, kill all your friends. Well, well, she goes in saying, look, we've tried going up against him before and we're not strong enough. We're not strong enough together. I'm certainly not strong enough. He talks of a higher purpose and then tells her, but there's something I need you to do first. And then we cut to Bo dowsing the clubhouse with gasoline. She calls Kenzie to assemble the team at the clubhouse and then outside, sorry guys, but it's better this way. And I'm thinking, like, what? That that you're going to burn to death? Yeah. And and thinking, okay, does it's she better really, that you die and I don't? Does she really believe this, or as you alluded, does she have some escape plan hatched? But when did she I, tell them about it? I just, I don't think she did. I don't either. I think I wonder. Does she just depend that Dyson will find a way out? Or Kenzie. Well, the, or Lauren. Yeah, that's not their thing. I mean, this is the <laughs> you know, this kind of situation. This is this is the warrior, you know, Dyson. This is yeah. this is what he does. So, I mean, honestly, you could probably just like kick out one of those walls and jump. Out <laughs> good point. Good point. It's but, not like this is this thing is a model of well constructed, uh, you know, like house here. Right. But then, as we're replaying the opening scene. We see Jack comes up behind Bo and tells her, you know, you could still save your friends. Her response, let them burn, which is, of course, the title of the episode. Wow. Uh, not what I expected her to say. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Definitely not. Well, again, I like, I'm just, it's, it, it, it just rings false for me because I like, am about 99.9% sure that there's, some kind of escape plan here or some escape route that she has built into this because there's no way they're going to kill off, you know, those four characters. Right. There's there's no way. Right. And they might, if, if they did that, I would be kind of impressed, but they wouldn't even get rid of Vex. Right. So they're definitely not going to kill off Dyson Mark, Lauren and Kenzie, especially Kenzie. Like if it's just one of them, I'd say okay, maybe this is it for for this character. But uh, all of them, like, not a chance. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So, but, so again, why go there? You know. Yeah. Well, but the one thing we do find out though is right. The the Pyrrhus is not a horse. The Pyrrhus is well. The Pyrrhus is bow, and we find out that Jack created the Pyrrhus. We uh, it sounds as if created the the Pyrrhus, which is you know the, his evil steed, while Bo was inside her mother. You know, I guess still as a fetus, and now Bo realizes. Okay, so what? I'm evil, right? I mean, I guess that's the conclusion she's she's come to. So to then go to Jack to try to. Do what? Right. S- send Jack back to uh, Tartarus and yeah. I won't be evil? Or Jack's going to somehow turn my evil switch off? I, I, I don't know what the what the plan is. You know, as, as far as, you know, like my prediction is like getting rid of the uh, Pyrrhus, like I'm not so sure that's going to happen, you know, because I think that's part of the show from the very beginning has been this kind of dual nature of Bo. And so for her to continue on living with having to deal with having this thing inside of her. That's kind of like part of her continuing struggle, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, So. all right. Well, speaking of Jack, I mean, we, you know, we have the little minor B story with Jack and Tamsin and, and, you know, her 
again, it, you know, except for her circumstance as she says it, knock me up, lock me up, and now you want to chat? And now it, it's, you, you know, it's one of those lines where you want to laugh, but you, you, you want to cringe at the same time. Yeah. And the situation is a little too serious for levity, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, he clearly plans to raise this child to take Bo's place because, you know, pairing himself with another succubus, Bo's mother, well, that didn't work. That nope. produced this independent, you know, child that's not going to do whatever I ask her to do. So let's try a Valkyrie this time as the mother. Then I don't even have to worry about the mother after the child's born because right. she'll die. Well, you and, thought that last time too. Well, well, but I don't think there was nothing about a succubus, you know, dying at childbirth. No, but he like locked her up though, right? Well, true, true. So, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. She look, he wouldn't, didn't think she would die, but he, he did lock her up. So Right. And, and then hearing all this, Tamsin's become physically ill at the thought of everything that's happened to her. And, and then, you know, when he comes in at, at the beginning and, and she mentioned something about, yeah, well, if you hadn't had any food, and he's like, oh, why, all you had to do was ask. He brings in the, uh, the Phoenix scrambled eggs. And she's at first sickened by that until she, and we know right away she eyes that fork and we know that she's going to try to pick the lock with it, which is, of course, what she tries to do. Right. I would have thought she was better at it, but she did. Yeah, get, well, uh, yeah. You know, Jack did. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm trying to reach around that baby bump and everything. Yeah. Might be throwing her off. Oh. So here's what I'm thinking, though, is that you know this is kind of mirroring the situation of Persephone, right? Yeah. Like you eat of the food of the underworld. Now is she somehow unable to escape? Yeah, you, you mean Tamson? Tamson, yeah. 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 So I just thought that because it seemed, well, I guess now that you mentioned retrospect, because they're making such a big deal out of her eating that I thought, oh, Jack wants her to eat because somehow then that's going to you know, be in with his plan. She's like Persephone, she's not going to be able to leave or something like that. And then now you mentioned the fork and like, oh, that's, that's actually probably why it was such a big deal. Right. And at the same time that she, he finds her trying to pick the lock is when he lets her know that he clipped her wings. And then she considers killing, I guess, or aborting the baby for fear that it'll be evil. I will not let this baby be evil. And he just scoffs and tells her, we both know what will happen when this baby is born. And I guess, you know, he means you dually, you're going to die and I'm going to raise it to be evil. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. Right. So, so, and then lastly, the story that that I liked, I think, a lot more than you did. You know, Dyson and Mark assembling the light fade up to, to fight Hades. Uh, Dyson calls Concilium, bringing together the most powerful fate elders in the world. Hasn't been called in over twelve hundred years. Ordinarily, I don't like you know this kind of insertion of social ideas into a show. You know, but but Mark is like, well, you know, why do we have to choose? You know, why can't the light and dark work together? What difference does it make? And Dyson channeling his best transcendentalist, you just know. Again, all right, I, I said I wouldn't, but here I go again. So You've been pretty good tonight, so keep going. So they haven't done a concilium in a really long time, but I seem to remember not long ago when the ash got, like, completely blown up. 
Right. So that wasn't the time to have a concilium? Like, you know, like I'm thinking maybe they should have had one then. Well, but I guess you could argue that that would have been Trick's call. Now you could argue why didn't Trick call it? Right. So, but at the doll, Mark has clearly ignored Dyson's instruction and has invited the light and dark Faye families. What are you going to do? Oh, yeah. They start, they're all bickering with each other. Dyson explains that the divide between the two has always existed for good reason, but Mark doesn't buy into it. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, I think he, if the show were to go on, which of course it doesn't appear as if it is, you know, he would represent the the new wave of Faye leader, kind of like Bo. He'd be the faux fave. Well, I mean, the, the, the unaligned Panther or whatever he is. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, whereas Bo wanted no part of being a leader. She just, just leave me alone. You know, just let me right. be, let me be me. And Mark chastises Dyson for being afraid to lead. And, and I like that because I think Dyson, look, we know he's still mourning trick. We sure. get, we get that. Right. And it, it's almost like he might feel as if I'm not ready to fill Trick's shoes in any capacity, but somebody has to. And I think Mark recognizes that. And then of course he shifts for the first time. Dyson's talking him through how to handle the transformation, which kind of parallels the transformation that, that Dyson's going to have to have here. If sure the Faye community is going to defeat Hades. That's the thing. It's so heavy handed, you know, like, I know it's going to be painful, but you just work through it. It's just like, <sighs> all right, well, he steps up, gets both sides to join him in creating peace. We must unite our strength if we are to vanquish Hades. Okay. I know. I just let it go. All right. So I, I, I say nothing. All right. So final scene, the fire is raging. Jack and Bo return to the penthouse. And then he shows her that throne that you mentioned at the top of the show. That was pretty darn cool. Yeah. She's, no, I, 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 I said it before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she sits in it and then he gives her another handprint and tells her it's time for the next phase. Meanwhile, Tamsin continues to cry. Jack asks Bo if she's ready, and then we see that the throne is actually looking out over the city, which was really intense. I was born ready. Right. And, I, you know, I got to say, look, I, I like this episode. I, I love the way they ended it. I still don't know where they're headed with this. I mean, look, I'd be surprised if Hades defeats everybody and rules the world. But yeah, well, let's, let's just say there's no way that that's going to happen. I know, but how they're going to get out of it. I still am not sure. So I, I like that fact. And well, they're going to get out there with their pluck and their enthusiasm and their teamwork, buddy. <laughs> I haven't heard that word in a while. <laughs> yeah. So, we should bring it back. I pluck. know pluck. That's a great word. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so one more Blue series Moss. finale next week. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Then we'll be moving back on to dark angel and only five of those to go. Yeah, I know. So I guess we'll have to start considering life after dark angel. Right. So got some ideas, got some ideas might have to return to a temporary pilot preview as we, you know, explore what our next move will be. Right. So, 
All right. Well, anything else? We might have to do some rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Well, figure it out. Yeah, there is that. All right. Got anything else you want to say? Um, nope. Okay. All right. Well, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear from you about Lost Girl, Dark Angel, anything else you think we should be watching or, you know, maybe we should be exploring uh, after Dark Angel is completed. I'd like to encourage you to join the Facebook group. If you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can access through the website. And we will be back next week to discuss the Lost Girl series finale, Season 5, Episode 16, titled Rise. But till then... You know, Dave, since we're coming to the end of Lost Girl, I kind of started thinking about when we started this whole thing. And remember, you were kind of thinking about doing this podcast just on your own. And then uh, you said, hey, Wayne, why don't you help out? Because I need someone to shovel the shit. <laughs>